Unite as the body. Fivefold. Be prepared. Part three, by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. The government of God must be restored before the body can unite. Plain and simple, a body is useless without a head. The government of God is the head through which He guides, protects, and gives direction to His remnant people for the reestablishment of His kingdom on earth and the restoring of all creation. So therefore, the fivefold ministers are the foundation of His kingdom and are that part of God's sanctuary from which the law of God goes forth and His knowledge flows. They are the living stones, mighty warriors, soldiers of God, the material used to build the house of the greater David, the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 15, verses 16 and 17 After this, I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins. No longer the lukewarm stones etched by man, not in the image of the rock. And I will set it up, so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. It is he who holds the keys to death and hell, our Creator, who can and will renew all things. Thus we have a better understanding of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now let us read from Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 27 and verse 28. My tabernacle also shall be within the mature body of Christ. Indeed, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. We will be protected and loved by him through his government. The nations also will know that I, the Lord, sanctify Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forevermore. Satan weakened the nations. They will be strengthened once again when governed by God through his priests. All the promises of restoration, restored dominion, relief from sickness, death, and sin, as you can see, will not come into being until the body of Christ is united and is visible to the world. Every eye must see it to be led by it. To understand these things, we must seek the Lord's knowledge and develop a love for truth. It is the fivefold ministers that are obligated to bring this knowledge to those interested. Let me explain. Through God's revealer, God shines a light on Scripture, giving insight in a way not understood before. He also releases the content of the scroll 
seen in Revelation chapter 5 to the Revealer, who in turn makes this knowledge available to the fivefold ministers. He has anointed and appointed to teach it. This end-time insight on truth will be exactly what God wants his people to hear and understand in this present hour. It is a message to bring victory to his people over this world, her master, and those who are a part of the world's society and systems. This message is prayed by God's prayer warriors, sung through prophetic praise, and taught by the fivefold ministers as it is released to them. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 2 through 5 explains this method of communication. If indeed you have heard the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me, Paul, for you, body of people, Apostle Paul was the revealer in the age of early Christianity. How that by revelation his eyes were open to see Scripture as God intended. He made known to me the mystery as I have briefly written already, by which, when you read, this knowledge was to be passed on to the people, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit, to Paul and who in turn wrote and sent letters, to his holy apostles and prophets. So again, through all fivefold ministers, present truth is taught, through the apostles, the laws established, order and harmony set in place. Through his prophets, his will is made known to both the body of Christ and his people as individuals. As you can see, they are a very important part of God's government. So with that in mind, let us take a deeper look at God's prophets. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 20 is an example of how an Old Testament king looked at the prophets. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. A less received attribute of the prophets, however, is the fact that they are used of God to point out the sin in the body, as well as in the lives of individuals. Cracks that will eventually cause the foundation of a work to crumble and split, or even bring to a halt, and individuals walk with God, are exposed by the prophets. No one likes to be rebuked. So often the prophet is not the most popular office. Amos chapter 5 verse 10 tells us why. They hate the one who rebukes in the gate, and they abhor the one who speaks uprightly. God not only confronts sin through his prophets, he confronts the powers and principalities causing the sin. Good people, bad devils. Many times, prophets are ridiculed and called false prophets because their counsel is not in alignment with man's intellect 
based on the world's knowledge. The counsel of the prophet may seem foreign to human thinking, as God's ways are not man's. Even the doctrine brought forth may sound different from what has been previously taught and understood in the past. But those connected to God's revealers bring fresh manna to God's people, and through their prophetic gifting, their direction is straight from the heart of God for now. As always, the old wineskins will have problems as the light of God exposes a new understanding on truth or gives direction not experienced before and calls for change. Over the years, prophets have been burned, beaten, put in prison, and run out of town by people that thought they did God a service by getting rid of them. James chapter 5 verse 10 says, My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. God takes a dim view of those that come against his mouthpiece. See Psalm 105 verses 14 and 15 for a look at God's heart concerning his prophets. Psalm 105 verses 14 and 15. He permitted no one to do them wrong. Yes, he rebuked kings for their sakes, saying, Do not touch my anointed ones, and do my prophets no harm. So we can say, prophets have always had a difficult relationship with God's people, because they speak what God wants to say to them, and not necessarily what they want to hear. People like to have their ears tickled and to be told they are right on with God. God, through his prophets, however, eradicates false doctrine and tradition, communicates how he really feels about our personal walks and the walk of the body. People, however, tend to look at the vessel rather than Christ the prophet within the person, and therefore, do not give credence to what they are saying. Even Jesus had this problem with people that knew him well. John chapter 4 verse 44 For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. Mark chapter 6 verses 1 through 5 again states, Then he went out from there and came to his own country and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there, except that he had laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. For the prophets 
that have had the challenge of trying to walk in their calling around a people that do not want to grow or change, or maybe have to minister to people that do not even believe that prophets are for today, be comforted in the fact that the prophets that walked before you experienced the same thing. Here is what God told Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 30 through 33. As for you, son of man, the children of your people are talking about you, beside the walls and in the doors of the houses, and they speak to one another, everyone saying to his brother, Please come and hear what the word that comes from the Lord. So they come to you as people do. They sit before you as my people, and they hear your words, but they do not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their hearts pursue their own gain. Indeed, you are to them as a very lovely song, of one who has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear your words, but they do not do them. And when this comes to pass, surely it will come, then they will know that a prophet has been among them. Ezekiel's prophecy was not only for them, but for the prophetic today as well. The early church, trained by Jesus and his disciples, believed in the prophets and acted on their direction. Acts chapter 11, verses 27 through 29. And in these days, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Then one of them, named Agabus, stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all of the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren, dwelling in Judea. They acted wisely on the prophetic word. Everyone laments that the church today does not walk as powerfully as it should for these end times. Yet this powerful office, along with the apostolic, is not given the place it deserves by the majority of God's people. Speaking of end times, look what God says in Amos chapter 3, verse 7. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. Revelation chapter 22, verse 6 shows that God will keep his word to the end. Then he said to me, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. We should surely want to be informed. Side note, there is a big difference between being called to an office and being ordained and appointed to that office. God will comfort and lift up his people through the prophetic word or vision using one called to the prophetic or one called to office. But he would never rebuke, point out sin, or give major direction through the immature or one not placed in office yet. Notice in the above scripture in Amos, the prophets are referred to as servants and in Revelation, they are called holy. See why many are called 
but few are chosen. People want the titles, not the sacrifice of dying to self, so Christ can live through them. This applies to all fivefold ministers. The prophets stand between God's people and the supernatural to see what the Lord is doing or what it is He wants the body to do so God's people can respond appropriately. We can be doing good things, but not necessarily the right things, so we fail. Many times, as stated before, direction will come through the prophetic praise, as well as spoken prophecy. The prophecy may be for an individual, the local part of the body, the universal church, or even to the nations. He may speak to their governments, or even address God's enemy, Satan and the kingdom of darkness. There is a special fire and anointing in the praise of the apostles and prophets that is renewing, refreshing, and exhilarating, but at the same time, it can also powerfully pull down the strongholds of the powers of darkness and loose the enemy from its attempts to thwart God's plans. I could say so much more about the prophetic, but in closing, let me just say that the prophets are very needed today. They are, along with the apostle, a part of the umbrella that covers the work God is doing in these end times. They warn, scold, bless, heal, foretell, call to repentance, subdue through prayer, and counsel straight from the Father's heart. Is it any wonder that Satan has grasped such a hold on God's people and successfully filtered in so much false doctrine during the Dark Ages? Both the apostolic and prophetic were lost during this time to his people. This is why the devil is so angry. Now that they are back bigger than ever, pointing their finger, tearing down his strongholds, setting free his captives, while praising with such power that at times it seems the whole supernatural shakes. The prophetic eye sees right through the fantasy of Satan's world and its systems and is not fooled by her churches and hypocritical leadership. Christ, through his prophets and apostles, is preparing a people, a new species of man, to do a new thing on this earth. He is perfecting them, bringing them back to order and harmony, and restoring them to their original state of perfection. All is in the supernatural at this moment, but there will soon be a renewed physical change on earth, as well as bringing to fruition 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 through 54. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 through 54. Behold, I tell you a mystery, we shall not all sleep, or die, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. 
So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. God has given us this promise, but it will become reality when the government is in place and the rest of the body is united to the full stature of Christ. Jesus, through his body, will make all things new and fulfill all promises. In closing, in the next blast from the trumpet, we will be discussing the office of evangelist from God's perspective today. It is much different than what has previously been taught through man's intellect, derived from the world's knowledge.